everyone. Welcome to another episode of Orange Juice Optional. I am sitting here with a flat glass of champagne because we've been working on the technology for so long today, but I'm over it. And I'm, of course, here with my co-host, Suzanne. How are you today, Suzanne? I'm doing great, although I have to say, yeah, the technology of this whole podcasting is driving me crazy. And we did just kill like an hour trying to figure this all out. But I think we're up and running and we're off to a good start. Yes, I think we're trending better right now. And I was just thinking back to last week's episode. And you're a tricky one, Suzanne. Uh I gotta say that because you don't realize it, but you're calling out friends and challenging them to listen to our episode. In that episode, two if not three times, you said, well, so-and-so if you're listening, or so-and-so if you're listening. So now we're going to know if they don't listen. Did I really? Oh my God. You did. I might have helped a little with that, but I like (laughs) saying it was you. (laughs) Wow. I didn't realize I did that. See, this is why I don't listen to our podcast because I cringe when I listen to it. I cringe at the sound of my voice. Oh, it's not cringeworthy. It's kind of funny. And I did give one of them a heads up saying, you should probably listen to the episode the first week of January because you've been put to challenge. Really? Yeah. So we'll see. We'll know who's listening and who's not. Yep. Yep. Who's Good. naughty, who's nice. <laughs> yeah. We're who's past- supportive and who's not yeah. supportive. Yeah. We're past the holiday naughty and nice things. We have a whole year to decide if we're naughty or nice. Yes, we sure do. And so today I was thinking, or not I was thinking, she's actually here. We are going to have our first guest on the podcast. Now, before you say anything, Suzanne, because I know you're trying to throw our secrets out there, she is not the first person we've tried to record with. The recordings with the other people didn't go so well, but she is our first official guest. So would you like to welcome our guest today, Suzanne? I would. This is Katie, my daughter, and she is joining us because our topic today, she's all about it. She knows everything about it. She's researched it for years, and this is right up her alley. And she and I have very differing opinions about our topic today. And Michelle, I think you're going to land somewhere in the middle. So I think it's going to be a fun episode. Yes. Well, what is that topic, Suzanne? Or how would you describe that topic? I describe it as the pros and cons of anti-aging. And I would describe it, I think, more as beauty tips. How about you, Katie? Well, I'm actually just taking your and my mom's lead. <laughs> so whatever direction you choose to go, I will follow. <laughs> okay. I have I have commentary for all of it. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I knew you would. Katie's been working on this for as long as I can remember. She has had this innate interest in beauty and product and procedures and all the way from when she was very young, testing makeup to learning about Botox, to thinking about cosmetic surgery. So she is a wealth of knowledge. She is, and she's the youngest in the group. She is. And I think we're all about 10 to 15 years apart. Am I correct? I mean, from Katie to you to me. Yep. Yeah, Katie's in her 30s. I'm hanging on just barely, barely to my 40s, and you're in your 50s. My later half of 50s. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't have to call yourself out. I wasn't going to call you out, Suzanne. (laughs) Well, I'm okay with that because I have issues that we we will discuss about 
hitting that big six so number in a year or two. Why don't we give Katie a minute to introduce herself and give us a little bit of her background, and then I have a couple questions for her. Well, I will give you a general background. My name is Katie Huners, and I am Suzanne's daughter. Very green to this. Quite a bit of background. I feel like I have a lot to add to the conversation, so I'm excited. I'm excited too. And so one of the things I really want to know, because I can only get this from your perspective and maybe your brothers too, what was it like growing up with Suzanne? <laughs> it was good. I I mean, I had a wonderful childhood. She was a great mom. The one thing though that sticks out, and I, I'm not throwing shade to you, but she wasn't very warm. <laughs> still aren't. Still aren't. And there's nothing wrong with that, but She was a great mom. She was very supportive, still is. But I remember one time I called her mommy. And I remember she said, don't call me mommy. It sounds so stupid. Just call me mom. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Suzanne. (laughs) I call it as I see it. It's like she never called me mommy again. It worked. No, I didn't. And you were probably only like four or five years old at the time. I don't remember how old I was, but I have noticed you've become more warm as you've gotten older. Like with Logan, it's just like, oh, I love you. You know, it's so, and I'm sure when we were little, like toddlers, she was probably a little more warm. And like I said, it's not a, it's not, I'm not throwing any shade towards you, mom. No, I get it. Hey, I own it. (laughs) I am not a warm and fussy person. Everybody knows that about me. So yeah, when, when it came to like, I need a hug, I would usually typically go to my dad. But you were good. I was baby. just going to ask about hugs. <laughs> no, she was not. Even I mean, I would say to this day, if I haven't seen her in a while, I will hug her, but they're rare. Okay, well, let's talk about the hugs. We may have been down this road before, like awkward introductions on our first episode. But yeah, we all know I'm not a hugger. And I don't think people who are huggers should be hugging. If you're a natural hugger, you hug. And Katie is a natural hugger. Jeff is a natural hugger. I am not. I think I was born a natural hugger, but because of how I was raised, I, I don't, I don't, no, it's not a, I don't go in for the hug. You know, some people just go in. I, I don't want to name any names, but there are people that come to my mind that are just natural huggers. And I, I actually wish that I was. So Katie, do you think people see that as being cold also, or do you just, I mean, you'll hug if they approach you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, with my mom, I'm trying to think of a specific situation and I can't on the top of my head, but I can't really speak for myself because I'm cross as cold to me. Oh, see, I'll take that. Yeah, it doesn't. It seems genuine and warm and maybe it's just the things you say. So from that vantage point, I don't. So my point is, I don't think you need to hug to be perceived as warm. Oh, Good comment. Right. I would agree with that. I've met both of you. Yeah. Remind us where you land in the hugging department. I like hugs. It seems really weird right now in COVID, but before COVID, I liked hugs. You're very respectful of my aversion to hugs. Yes. And I tell everybody who's (laughs) going to meet you for the first time, don't hug her. Right. (laughs) So it's hard for me to know if you are a natural hugger because you're so respectful of my need not to hug. So I have become more natural. And I will say, Suzanne, my feelings were hurt because a friend of mine went into your shop and you don't even know her very well. And I've told her, 
don't hug Suzanne, but you hugged her. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> where did that come from? Yeah. And who knows where that came from? I mean, that could have just been a rogue move of mine that who knows? It was just in the air that day. Who knows? When to cause FOMO in my life, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another question I would have for Katie after the hug question, or I guess it wasn't a hug question, but it was about being raised by Suzanne. What do you think of humorisms? Suzanne's talked oh, about God. those a lot in the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I displayed all of the humorisms. So <laughs> like Eric, for example, my brother, he doesn't display humorisms like I do. So I can't really see because I am that. <laughs> I mean, losing things is probably the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, I lose absolutely everything. And I, even if I make to not lose things, it just happens. It's just natural to me. And it drives my husband crazy. Well, and it drives me crazy too. And, and Katie, you'll remember when we were together over the holidays, there was one ugly, ugly evening when I couldn't find the TV remote control after everyone had gone to bed. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it got ugly because I went on a tirade and I think I woke the entire house up, probably even Logan, because I couldn't find the TV changer. And it's because there isn't one person in my family, except for Eric, that knows how to put a TV changer back where it belongs. Instead, it ends up in a couch cushion or under the sofa or, you know, behind something. And... <laughs> And I did go on a tirade over it because it was a humorism. It was a typical humorism. And it never goes away. It's an innate thing. And you woke up your grandson. I think I did because I was. Oh, wow. I, yeah, it, it was. <laughs> it was an ugly night. But but we'll move on from there. We'll just. But Katie understands humorisms. OK, yes, and one more question for Katie before we get into beauty anti-aging. What do you think of your mom having a podcast? So I'm not going to lie. I tried to listen to the first one and I had to stop because it was just a little, it was a little awkward for me. I, I don't know. I, again, cause I just, she's my mom. So seeing her in that, I mean, I didn't have any problem listening to you, Michelle. It was mostly Thank my you. mom <laughs> and, and not because I was bothered by your voice, mom. It was nothing like that, but I'm glad, I think it's fun. I'm glad that you guys are doing this. It's a good, I think it's a fun venture. Yeah, thank you. It's fun for me. I enjoy it. And Suzanne and I have this natural friendship that flows very easily. So I'm having fun with it anyway. Oh, so am I. It's great. But I will say the part that I did here, I think it was your first episode. You can really tell that you have a very natural, it didn't seem forced. It was very, everything was easy flowing. So that was uh, something that I did notice. Would you believe that that was our second attempt on that episode because technology <laughs> screwed up the first attempt? I would believe it. Well, I'm actually, that's impressive for the first time. I would assume just three, third or fourth time. But no, I thought it sounded really good. Yeah, Michelle, you're being too kind. I think that episode <laughs> took us like four or five hours to do to actually get something recorded. Yes. And then when we did, we had to re-record it because the technology didn't work. Yeah. So I think we should move on to our topic of the day. Yeah, I think Katie's been a very good sport. And like you, she's very direct and honest. So we appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. So to kick off the next section on beauty and anti-aging, I was going to give Katie a little test to see exactly what she oh, knows about it. It's not that scary. <laughs> it's um, just beauty myths, true or false. I'm Are you ready. up for it? Okay. So again, true or false answers. The first question being, 
your hair should not be washed daily. True or false? True. True. That's correct. The second question, when you wax or shave, your hair will grow back thicker and darker. True or false? I'm going to say true, but honestly false. <laughs> yes, that one is that's a good way to, false. Yeah, that's a good way to answer. I think you covered all false. your bases. Yep. I but I I mean myself, I feel like it's true, but maybe I'm just feeding into the the myth, but that makes sense. Okay. Question number three. Rinsing your hair with cold water after a washing makes your hair shinier. True. That is true. Okay. The next one. And this is a good one. I think Suzanne will like this one. And Suzanne, you can jump in and answer too. This isn't just putting Katie on the spot. Okay. If I have an answer, I'll give you one. Your neck ages at the same rate as your face. False. False. You're both correct. Well. Question number five. And this is one I should have learned. The more expensive the skincare product, the better it is for your skin. False. Now, I I reluctantly would say false to that, but I like to spend a lot of money on my skincare. Right, Katie? That is a false answer. Yes, that's correct. I am a sucker for a good salesperson. And (laughs) remember that time at Nordstrom, Katie, in Chicago, when I got that really good salesperson and she sold me like, what, $800 worth of beauty products, face yes, skincare. And you looked at me and said, mom, you're never going to touch that stuff. And it sat on my counter in Phoenix for like six months until Katie came to visit. And then she took it all home and she used it. Yeah. I, I, that was actually the first thing that came to my mind when you brought <laughs> up being a sucker because I knew there was no way you were going to use any of that stuff. And I didn't. I never even opened it. Katie took it all home unopened and then she used it. Yep. Well, when I balance my bank statement every month, I can honestly say that the most expensive reoccurring transaction is on face care products. But I'm trying to avoid Botox. Oh, Katie. We're going to get to Botox. Are we we ready for Botox? I I have so much to say before we hit Botox. (laughs) I have just a few more questions, though. Okay, go back to your questions. So number six. You can permanently shrink your pores. Oh, good question. I'm going to say false, but I do believe that there is a procedure that you can <laughs> that you can is. achieve that, but I'm going to say false. So false. It is a false. Yeah. Negative. That is correct. Naturally, okay. you cannot reduce pores. Okay. Question number seven. Crossing your legs does not cause varicose veins or spider veins. False. That one is actually true. I was oh, gonna, sorry. I, uh, yeah, I was going to say true. I think it's a genetic thing. And I'm a leg. That's what it said. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a leg crosser. And for years, I tried to not cross my legs for that very reason. I didn't want to get varicose veins. And I can't help myself. I still cross my legs. And I've never gotten varicose veins or spider veins. And I'm practically 60. So Very good. That is something to show off then. <laughs> okay, that goes back to a whole nother thing that I have to talk about. Okay, and I'll skip a couple questions and I'll get to this one because it's kind of appropriate for this um, podcast here. Here it is. True or false, Katie and Suzanne, a good way to tell how you will age is to look at your mom. Whoa. <laughs> I would say true. Suzanne? See, I say true. But I think environment also has an impact because I think if you've lived a hard 
life, you might age differently? The answer I saw was actually false for the reason. Yes, genetics are at play, but for exactly what you said, Suzanne, the environment, the sun exposure, your diet, do you smoke, things like that all play into that. So that was just a fun little beauty quiz or something I thought we could kick this podcast off with. So now we can move on to the other stuff. Okay, so I'm going to springboard off of talking about our mothers because I want to give you background on why I have this philosophy about beauty and anti-aging. So when I was growing up, and I've maybe already talked about this, touched on this a little bit in other podcasts, but I always had an issue with my legs, speaking of spider veins and varicose veins, because I, I had that solid German build. And if you're German, you know what I'm talking about. And I have thick thighs, thick shins. They've always been thick, even at my very thinnest in life, thick. And I used to complain about it to my mom when I was young, probably preteen. And my mom's come back every single time I complained. She'd say, just be glad you have two strong legs to walk on. And it's like, that was my mom's philosophy. It's like, don't be vain. Don't care about how you look. Just be glad you have healthy legs to walk on. Well, that's a good philosophy. I mean, that's a positive way to look at things. It is a positive and it gives you perspective, but you also grow up in a very no-nonsense atmosphere. Like, no, you don't need to wear makeup. Why why would you put makeup on a face that on the face that God gave you? <laughs> you know, why do anything to what you were given? So I lived a very no-nonsense life with my mom. Um, And of course, so when Katie was born, I thought, yep, this is what I'm going to do with Katie. I'm going to do the same thing. When she complains about something, I'm going to say, just be glad you have two strong legs to grow on. (laughs) And I think the first time I said that, (laughs) Katie said, what are you talking about, mom? That has nothing to do with anything. (laughs) Well, actually, you would phrase it. If you ask grandma, she would say. So I think it was a little diluted. True. But yeah, I think you had that philosophy regarding beauty. But innately, you were born with a different philosophy. It's like, do everything you can to keep yourself beautiful. God made you beautiful. You might as well do everything to keep yourself beautiful. So Michelle, what do you think about that? Well, you know, I was reflecting back on my life and how I kind of went through this process And, you know, I think I watched a lot of 80s movies because I really felt like that ugly duckling that would eventually turn into a swan. That was my vision of myself. Wow. Yeah. In in junior high or middle school, I remember trying to take a step towards that. And I had the stupid haircut. It was like a bi-level haircut. (laughs) And I decided to get a perm. Can you imagine how bad that looked? My sister called me Poochie. (laughs) <laughs> the name of a dog. It, it was horrible. So that, and then when my hair finally grew out, I started kind of growing into myself. And it was the 80s. And the 80s style played into it. So I had the big permed hair, the killer bangs, the shirts with the big shoulder pads. Oh, yeah. And I worked it. I worked it. And people thought I was a dumb blonde. And... <laughs> By my second year of college, I was kind of like, this is really too much work. 
And I like the natural approach to beauty. And so that's kind of what I've always done. And I'm embarrassed to say this about myself, but it wasn't that long ago, maybe two or three years ago that I was still washing my face with soap and water. Wow. Yeah. I feel like my mom still, I'm, I don't mean to speak on your behalf, mom, but don't you still wash your face with soap and water as well? Just very expensive soap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's called soap. I think it's... it's Cleanser. Cleanser. Yeah. And yes, I do use cleanser. Yeah, I use a very expensive cleanser, <laughs> but I guess it would be considered just soap and water. So I have a question springboarding off of what you said, Michelle. What do you think, and this question goes to Michelle, my mom, was your most awkward beauty years? Good question. Zero to 49. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, middle school was pretty hard. And then in those early mom days where I was just trying to survive and getting the kids where they needed was more important than exercising or taking care of myself. That would be my answer. Mom, what is your most awkward beauty moment? Or era, I should say. Era. (laughs) Okay, well, when I was in fifth grade and I had glasses, I had to get glasses. And for some reason, it felt like I was the only person in school that had glasses. And it took a lot of adjusting for me to wear glasses. And I was too young for contacts. Contacts were a really new thing in those years. So... I had a hard time wearing glasses. And then probably again, like Michelle, when I had children and when I had children is literally when I gave up wearing makeup, I wear mascara and little eyebrow. Well, now I've done microblading, but yeah, I don't wear makeup anymore because I gave it all up. That reminds me of a story with my sister because I am more natural. My sister, she's beautiful and she's a, a hairstylist. And so she does her hair perfectly. She always looks wonderful. And one day I was working and someone came into my work environment and they're like, hey, Christine, how are you? I'm like, oh, Oh. she's my sister. She goes, oh, I thought you were Christine just without the makeup on. (laughs) (laughs) So a backhanded compliment or? (laughs) Yes, a backhanded compliment. And you know what? I still didn't put makeup on after that because, yes, I was too busy. And you don't need makeup. You're so nice. But we all have our problemed areas. For me, it's my forehead. That's where my attention always goes. And I really, really hate my stomach. Oh. oh. Those are the two areas I really don't like on myself. Katie, what don't you like? So it's interesting you said forehead. On my face, it's currently my forehead. But that is not to bring it to everybody's attention. But I have, because I am so expressive in my face, my forehead expression lines really easy and we can discuss that more with Botox but um, (laughs) on my face that's probably my biggest insecurity and I would say for body probably my legs I have even when I'm at my very thinnest um, my legs are always the thing I most the German build build. correct yes so and so this goes back to my German mother's roots because Katie will ask me on a regular basis if I have wrinkles in my forehead. And I can honestly say, I don't know if I do or not. I don't know. Because I would, that is something I would not notice on my face. I don't, I've looked for it and I don't think you do. Which is maybe why I haven't noticed because we just had this conversation 
over Christmas because we were looking at everyone's forehead to see if it was a genetic thing. And I said, I don't know if I have the wrinkly forehead. I think I got my forehead wrinkles from my dad. My brother has them, Eric has them. And I just think it's a result of having an expressive face. If that's where you, if you have expressive eyes, you're going to show. I think it's more that than sun or anything environmental, at least for my forehead. And I'm not expressive at all. That's why I don't have them. You know what I'm saying? If you're expressive in your forehead, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful way to say it. That's what I'm going to say. Those are expression lines. They are. I like that. Yes. But I have to say, and springboarding off of, and I don't know if you're going to go into this later, but I actually went in to get lip injections and Botox in my upper lip because I have a gummier bite. And the PA who did my injection said to me, next time you come in, we will fill your forehead wrinkles. So I have not, I have not always been self-conscious about my forehead wrinkles. It wasn't until the PA who I went in looking for bigger lips and I left thinking my forehead looks like I'm 50. So, I mean, that was the catalyst to me forming that insecurity. Yes. I remember I went and had a massage once and the lady, she finishes up and, you know, they have their checklist And she's like, yes, you're so stressed out. Everything is so tight. You know, you really need to stop worrying so much. You're going to turn into a hunchback. Oh, that's what she said to me. So all that relaxing, all that, ooh, I feel good was gone like that. So I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I feel like if it comes from somebody that you don't know at all, I mean, that is just adds fuel to the fire to any insecurities that, and, and that's her profession is giving injections. So I realized that she has a keen eye on those kind of things, but it was kind of scarring. So would you do Botox, Katie, or have you? Yes, I am a big, well, I have mixed feelings about it, I think, Um, but I have done Botox. And as soon as COVID's done, I'm going to go in again and do it again. And a lot of my girlfriends get Botox and I have mixed feelings about it because since... And I kind of think it started with the Kardashians and social media, you know, influencers on Instagram. I think that really changed, impacted beauty standards and beauty standards have become so high. So as, you know, 20 years ago and before, Botox was more for people who are rich and famous. And now it's just common as going in for getting an eyebrow wax. Which is why when you first time you told me you got Botox, I was like, you did what? Yeah, because when you were growing up, it was more expensive. It was less accessible. And now it's just it's the norm. And, I, you know, inherently, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If it makes you feel better, that's fine. But culturally and in societally, I think it's it's kind of damaging because now the norm is to have a perfectly If you're, you know, if you want to be considered beautiful, you have to have these certain things. Procedures? No, um, they're just... Features? Features. Features. Thank you, Michelle. Features. Because so many people are doing them. So if you... So everybody's looking younger and younger and younger. So it's kind of like keeping up with the Joneses, but for beauty. So if you don't do the procedures, you appear to age faster than everyone else. 
right because so many people are doing it now. I mean, I have, and I'm not going to call anybody out by names, but I have friends that get Botox. Like they have a calendar reminder, but you know, another disadvantage to that is it's a slippery slope. Like me, for example, I went in because I wanted just a slight, you know, I wanted my lips a little bit bigger and all these other quote unquote imperfections were brought to my attention. And I agree with that. Michelle, I feel feel like you're not <laughs> getting a chance. Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm going no, on. No, you're not. No, no, it's all it's good. Like, I, yeah, it's like Botox I think. terrifies me. The idea yes. of it does. And so I watch too much Real Housewives and the procedures that they go through and to watch the injections and then the thought of getting freeze face, it scares me. Right. It, it does. It really scares me. But I recently had my first COVID test, which was mm-hmm. miserable, but I survived that. So I could probably survive Botox, I'm thinking. You could. Okay. So here is what's happening to me, partly because of Katie's influence on me and partly because of the whole aging process. Because as I said, I grew up with a no-nonsense world. It's like, why do anything? No need to. But then you get introduced, like Katie said, to how the standard has evolved. And so you kind of feel like you are left behind if you don't have the procedures. And I have white blonde, naturally white blonde eyebrows. So if I'm not penciling in my eyebrows, I don't have eyebrows. So I finally decided I'm going to go do my microblading, which hurt like hell, but it was worth it because it's like, now I don't ever have to pencil in my eyebrows. But like Katie said, I'm in there and the anesthetician who's doing the eyebrows are, are kind of dropping ideas of what to do next. Not like if you want to, you could do this. It's like next time you're in, let's work on this. So you get caught up in that world. And all of a sudden it seems like, well, of course that's what I'm going to do next. And so that the idea of doing Botox all of a sudden doesn't seem so unnatural to me because when you're in there and that's where that snowball effect comes from, because then you're in there and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, let's set up that appointment while I'm here. You ever feel like that, Michelle? I could see that. Katie, have you ever heard of a procedure called microchanneling? I have not. I have not heard of that. What is it? It's a collagen-inducing therapy, which I'm considering doing the next time I go in for a facial. But it does sound a little painful. It's like you actually do pinpricks throughout your, well, mine would be my forehead. And then it stimulates the growth of your natural collagen to fill in that space naturally. Oh, I have heard of that procedure. I didn't know that it was called micro-channeling, though. I checked yesterday with the person who does my facials and that's what she calls it. So I, I was, I felt confident in that, but maybe, maybe it goes by a different name. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I ha- I think that's a more up and coming, a lot more people are doing that. I like the sound of it, actually. I think I'm going to try it, but you have to, I think, stay out of the sun or maybe I don't want Rob to laugh at me. So I've got to <laughs> find a time where I can just be by myself. Yeah, I think that. It's the way to do it. So maybe micro-channeling is the way for me to go to put my, my toes into the water of maybe Botox in the future. I don't know. It just feels a little more natural or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not against any of it. 
Yeah, I like the idea. And I'm going to say I've always been against all of it, but I have softened my stance on that. After I got my lips done. Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. After she got her eyebrow tattoos. Is that what microblading is, Suzanne? Yes, I think so. I think it's just like getting eyebrow tattoos. I'm not exactly sure because I don't know this stuff. I just do what I feel is necessary. And I'm just going to say that because this is how I thought this would become a good episode. Because when I was about probably a little younger than Katie is now, I was visiting an aunt of mine and she commented on how beautiful my skin was. And I was probably in my late 20s. And she said, oh, but you too will have jowls. I didn't even know what a jowl was at that time. And like a month ago, I was looking in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, I have jowls. (laughs) I'm getting old. And it was the first time in my life I thought, I've got to do something about that. (laughs) I can't have jowls. And so I thought, okay, I'm not so opposed to plastic surgery. That was going to be my question. How do you feel about plastic surgery? I never in a million years would have considered plastic surgery, say, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, wouldn't have ever even crossed my mind. Whereas my husband, because of how he was raised, would be like, hell yeah, you should do it. Just go do it. And Katie, I think Katie would be, yeah, I'd do it. I have evolved, though, because when these when these aging things start to appear on my face. I remember when I was about 40, I called my sister in a panic because I said, I have back fat. (laughs) And I think I coined that phrase, calling it back fat, because it's like, oh my God, I didn't even know you could have back fat. And I had back fat, but it was because I was 40 and things, gravity was just setting in. Anyway, so yeah. You're giving me so much to look forward to, Suzanne, as I approach 50. I, know, I can't I, wait. I know. I can I can be like my aunt and say, yes, you too will have jowls. And then, Please don't say that to me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And that goes back to if I was in my late 20s, I mean, that stuck with me in my head. So when I looked in the mirror a month ago and it's like, oh, my God, I have jowls. I thought, I've got to do something about it. See, and Katie, on the other hand, her philosophy, correct me if I'm wrong, Katie, is get a jump on it, do something about it before that happens. Preventative procedures. If you go into any, you know, any place where you can get work done, you know, they'll say, well, you know, you can do preventative measures. It there is really no line anymore. And going back to what you were saying, Michelle, I think a big misconception or fear, and rightfully so, of and I'm go- I'm swaying a little bit more back to the Botox, but or fillers or whatever is that you're going to get freeze face, and I think procedures have evolved so much. You know, unless that's the look that you want to achieve, you won't get that. And right after I got my lips done, I looked. It looked like I had injections, but you know, two weeks later after I was healed, no one ever in a million years would know. It's if you have a bad person who does your injections, you're more, but if you go to some, you know, if you go somewhere good, that's reputable, you're less likely to encounter that. Did she convince you, Michelle? No, I'm not trying. You know, I, 
I don't. I think you look great, Michelle. I don't, I'm not. I'm not advocating. I'm just saying different. You know what? My perspective, because I know that's a big misconception. Is you're going to go in there and come out looking, you know, crazy. <laughs> Oh, shit. You know, what I think this is showing me is I'm going to have to keep up with the Hewners. I have Katie doing preventative measures, Suzanne doing her measures, and I'm going to look older than both of you. So I better do something, too. So, yes, I see what you were saying about that earlier. Yeah. And I didn't even think about getting my lips done or Botox until my girlfriend started doing it. I mean, they were looking flawless. And I guarantee you... You both have friends that have gotten lots of injections and you probably wouldn't even, I mean, maybe you would, I don't know. I just, I'm open about it personally, but some people don't tell anybody. That's true. I do find myself looking at faces thinking, have you, are you naturally that beautiful or have you had work done? I do find myself occasionally thinking that. Have you ever seen, you know, a beautiful flight attendant or a beautiful woman at the makeup counter, like, how is your skin look so perfect and plump? How did you achieve that? That is fillers that nobody can achieve that. I mean, I can identify someone with fillers like that because no one can achieve that perfect glass-like plump skin naturally. It just doesn't exist. What are your thoughts, Michelle? For me, probably the biggest deterrent or deterrent for Botox would be Rob. Because could you imagine the facial expression he would have on his face when I walked in right after doing it? That scares me more than the like the pins or the freeze face. He would be ruthless. And you, He's not supportive of it. He he really isn't. He's like, grow old naturally. You're you're beautiful. You're fine. Well, I I like that attitude. I really I do, do too. I, like I do that too. Attitude. My husband is the same way. I think he's on the opposite. I mean, not opposite, but he is, has that kind of mentality. Oh, and my husband, Katie's dad, would say, why haven't you done anything about that yet? <laughs> <laughs> do you think Jeff would do plastic surgery? Um, not plastic surgery, no. I think he would if it was something necessary. And not for him specifically. I'm not referring to him specifically. But a procedure I would think that he would consider would be like it. What you know when you're <laughs> another aging thing that happens is your eyelids <laughs> tend to sag because you lose the elasticity of the skin, and sometimes the skin sags so much that it weighs down your and it's hard to keep your eyes fully open, and you can have that tucked up a little bit. So an eye tuck, I don't know if that's what you call it, but he would do that if it would improve his vision or if it if it would improve his day-to-day life. I don't think he'd hesitate to do something. He wouldn't do it. Wow, that surprises me. Yeah, he wouldn't do it probably just for aesthetics, but he would do it if it improved his day-to-day life. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but if he's looking at me and if my eyelids are sagging, he'd say, why don't you go in and take care of that? I mean, he would tell me to go fix it in a minute. No. Yeah. Oh, yes, no. he would. I, I'll bet you money, Katie. <laughs> he would too. That can be a dinner conversation. Tonight. Yes, it can. Yeah. Yes. Somehow ask about it. Yeah. And see who was right and then come back and tell us who was right. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always think of men and how easy they have it because as they grow older, they get more distinguished looking. But for women, it becomes more maintenance. I mean, in a month. 
if I were to look at my credit card bill, there's haircut and highlight, there's manicure, pedicures, there's waxing and tinting, and a facial. And that's just before Botox. That's before anything else. That's just surviving. Yeah, that's true. And do you know, because of COVID and because we are still in the midst of COVID, how so much of that has gone by the wayside for me and how desperately I want to get back to that grooming, just normal day-to-day grooming. But the amount of money I have not spent on pedicures, manicures, yeah, waxing, all of the things that we just take for granted, or I take for granted, I shouldn't say everyone does. Yeah, I'm so ready to get back into that. Yes, you'll have to cut out eating out so much because I'm sure that's where the money went in my house. Oh, during the quarantine portion, that is definitely where the money went is eating out. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Or takeout, I will say not eating out at the restaurant, but takeout. Yes, exactly. Yes. My nail place here in Havasu closed its doors the day before my appointment. No. (laughs) And so for six weeks, or until I could get in, my nails drove me crazy. They were breaking. They It was horrible because I couldn't get the polish off correctly. And then when I, it was disgusting. And so I'm like, that is a necessary expense. It is. I agree. And I haven't had nail polish in a year. <laughs> I don't think I have either. Yeah. And it's, I miss it so much. I'm so ready for a beautiful manicure and a beautiful pedicure. Something to look forward to in 2021. I hope yes. 2021. Absolutely. So with all this talk about like Botox, there's plastic surgery. Are there any surgeries that you wouldn't do or consider? Because there are some pretty weird ones out there or any beauty routine that you're like, oh, never. That seems too out of my box for me or something like that. Well, for me, plastic surgery, I view, I actually am afraid of, you know, you have to be under anesthesia. So I, I'm more leery to do that, but I would say... I know the the most dangerous procedure that you can get is Brazilian butt lift. <laughs> I believe it has the highest mortality rate out of any surgery. One of the most popular. All the Kardashians have a Brazilian butt lift. I am a newbie. What is a Brazilian butt wax? <laughs> or not butt, not butt wax. <laughs> so butt lift. <laughs> a Brazilian butt lift, they take the fat out of different parts of your lower body. So your your stomach, your love handles, your thighs, and they put it in your butt. Whoa. I'm pretty sure that's the gist of the surgery, but it is pretty, I mean, it's hard to recover from. I've, I've researched it just out of curiosity, not because I'm planning to get one, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But it's a it's a tough recovery. I mean, you can't and I still don't understand the logistics of this. But after you get, well, they call it BBL, Brazilian butt lift. <laughs> you can't sit for a few months. And so I don't know how that works. I don't I don't know the exact recovery time, but it's a tough recovery. And it's relatively speaking, I mean, it's pretty dangerous. I don't want to say dangerous, but yikes. So, yeah, I. That's the first one that comes to mind, but I'm not, I'm still at the point where I have an aversion to all plastic surgery just because it, like going under anesthesia, that makes me nervous. 
Right. And I was more thinking along the lines of a fish pedicure. (laughs) So you blew my mind with a BBL. Yeah, yeah, that that fish, (laughs) the fish pedicure is sounding a little better (laughs) now that we've heard about the BBL. No, No, I agree. We saw that in where we we were on the island of Crete, weren't we, Michelle, when we saw the fish pedicures? Yeah, I think so. But there's no way in hell. I. Yeah, Yeah, no, me neither. We saw that in Prague and I almost was going to get one just to say I did, but I I can't, I I don't think it's very sanitary. No, I would say not. (laughs) No. Yeah. So another one I heard of, and this got my interest just because it's called palm line surgery and people who like to have their palm read and don't like what it says, they put in fake palm lines so they get a better palm reading or something like that. Oh, that I, yeah, that to me is crazy. I actually saw that. I don't know if you, I know my mom has it. I don't know if you ever watched Nip Tuck Michelle, but they, Kimber, who's one of the main characters and the whole show is about plastic surgery. I mean, it's a drama, but she gets her palm. She got, got whatever that procedure is. Yes. I've never watched that show because it would probably make me pass out. I watched Dr. Pimple Popper for the first time over the holidays and that about made me pass out. (laughs) I can't believe it. I I couldn't even watch an ad for that show. I mean, I, I watched it with Ashlyn and she's all like thinking this is oh, so cool, but laughing, no. not really laughing, but enjoying no. my response to it. Oh, because no. I was cringing and coming. Yeah, I mean, it was just, too much. Yeah, that's stuff you can't unsee. That's that's what nightmares are made of. <laughs> I mean, there's no way I could watch that show. Oh, I've watched oh my it gosh. before. It, it is, it's pretty horrifying, but it's, it's like a car wreck. You can't look away. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That is just too awful to think about. Wow. Now that we've gone through Botox, plastic surgery, Brazilian butt looks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so much to think about. I think this is probably a good place to bring our episode today to an end. So Before I do, I would like to ask Katie another question. I hope it doesn't scare you. No. (laughs) What did you think about being a guest on our podcast today? It was fun. It was a good experience. I'm curious how it's going to sound and come together live or not live, but recorded. But it was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. And I really hope that you'll be a guest again, maybe fashion or wedding planning. We have an episode about that coming up. I bet your wealth of information there. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I I knew Katie would be have a wealth of information on this topic. And I think she will have a wealth of information on several upcoming episodes. I would agree. So Katie, are you going to ask your mom and I what we thought of having you on the podcast? Yes. What did you think about having me on the podcast? I think you're brilliant. I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of How fun. How about you, Suzanne? I thought it was great. It's fun to hear your perspective, both as my daughter and then the information and the wealth of knowledge you have for our topic. I thought it was great. I'm glad you did it with us. Well, thank you. I'm glad yeah. I did too. And I, I'll come back anytime. Oh, good. Well, thank you. We're going to take you up on that, even if you're just saying it to be nice to us right now. No, I I would love to come back. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening today. Thank you, Katie, for being here with us. If you have any questions, uh, check out our website. Well, actually, not our website because it's not up yet, but you can email us at orangejuice.com 
optional.com if you have questions, comments, concerns, or ideas about a future episode. And I think with that, I'm just going to say cheers. 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 Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality. Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting. The biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy and Riley. And you know, if we had Godson music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know-everything-about-podcasting kind of guy, and the best part for us was that he was so nice and down-to-earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count because we are technology challenged. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Podigy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers. Cheers.